Hey y'all, I'm Gretchen Purser and this is The Mess Is Mine, the podcast where we talk about religion and politics and all the other stuff that you're not supposed to talk about at the dinner table. Thanks for stopping by. Hey everybody, welcome and thanks for tuning in today. Uh, This is our first podcast that is officially on the Apple and Spotify platform since we got accepted to those. So um, you can now officially find us anywhere you find your podcast. I think that's how they say it. If you would be so kind as to subscribe and leave a message or a rating, that would be great. It would also help us find more folks for our audience. Really appreciate it. So I'm coming to you today, as usual, from my what I used to call the the closet of solitude, because it's the only place in my entire house which is quiet enough for me to record. But today it's the closet of despair, because my system keeps crashing. So Lord only knows when this is going to actually reach your ears, probably sometime before, hopefully sometime before the rapture. Anyway... Today, we're going to talk about a few good things, okay? Um, and, a, and a few things that aren't so good, you know, per norm. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about America's new partisanship. I want to talk about, I want to give you a little bit of a COVID update with some um, specifics on what herd immunity is. I want to talk to you about Biden's infrastructure plans. I'm going to give you something to watch for, and we're going to talk a little bit about something called karma. So let's get started. So I read an article this last week, which really surprised me and it didn't surprise me. And it was talking about America's uptick in partisanship. And while it shouldn't surprise anyone that America is more partisan than ever, we know that we're a 50-50 nation. I mean, or 49-51. We know that we're more divided than ever. But it's a different type of partisanship than I grew up with. When I grew up, you know, partisanship was a pride in your side. I'm a proud Republican. I'm a proud Democrat. You know, I'm a card-toting, whatever. You know, people were proud of their side, proud of their representation. Now, it's more of an it's more of a negative partisanship. It's like an upside down partisanship. So you find conservatives that are don't like don't really believe in the Republican Party, but they really really hate the Democrats. And you have Democrats who aren't in love with their party or their leaders, but they just loathe the Republicans. And so it's more of an anti-partisanship than a pro-partisanship. And I think once I read that, I'm like that's completely true. It comes through in all of our in all of our culture all the time. It's all so negative. It's all so anti, particularly, got to say, on my side. It's, I don't know what we're for, but here's what we're against. And you can only really go that way for so long and continue to attract voters and attract people to your party. And the types of people you attract are probably not going to be the types that you want to attract long term. I'm going to get to that later in the episode. Anyway, it was an article I'll put on my website called America's Hidden Tribes and the reason that we're so tribal. And it's a couple different things that are fascinating. Number one, the more news you watch, the more likely you are to overestimate the other side's extremism. If you watch a lot of CNBC, you might think that all Republicans are misogynist, racist a-holes. If you watch a lot of Fox News, you might think all Democrats are socialist commies who hate puppies. We're all listening to a lot of stuff, but what we're not listening to is each other. We don't talk to each other. We don't listen to each other. We don't understand each other. I can't hear you. And you can't empathize with somebody that you don't communicate with. 
Another thing that plays a huge role is education. Republicans without a college degree are more likely to pigeonhole Democrats and 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 prejudge them than are ones with college degrees and higher. However, Democrats that are college educated are more likely to prejudge Republicans about what kind of person they are. And that bias increases with the amount of education they have. So if you have your doctorate, you're the very most likely as a Democrat to judge somebody that you don't even know. That's not very educated. You know, what we're both doing, what we're all doing is making assumptions about people's character based on their team jersey. You know, it's like hating somebody that plays for a certain football team because they play for that team. It's ridiculous. You wouldn't do that. I hope you wouldn't do that. It's just dumb. And so we've got to kind of take off these labels and climb out from under the rubble of the last four years and realize that everybody's just kind of doing the best they can, like Brene Brown says. Everybody's just doing the best they can. And they come to the table with what they've got. And maybe we could give each other a little bit of grace and a little bit of forgiveness and a little room to turn around. We'd all be less miserable and less anxious and less angry because we have a lot to be excited about. I'm going to put my pushback in the middle of the podcast this time, and I'm going to let my friend Winona Judd help me out with it. You know, this is the infrastructure issue. We need to build a bridge. We don't need to be calling each other Nazis and fascists and commies and dumb and elitist. Don't you think it's time? Don't you think it's time? I do think it's time, Winona. I do. It's all good, people. Let's just all come back together, can we? Speaking of good, let's talk about where we are with COVID. I'm so happy to make that transition. So we are about to have enough vaccine within the next 60 days for everybody to get vaccinated. So if everybody does what they're supposed to do, by this summer, things are going to start opening up and looking a lot more normal. And by fall, we could actually start living our lives again with a high degree of normalcy. Now, this all is contingent, of course, upon us doing things like we're supposed to do and reaching something called herd immunity. You've heard this a lot. I want to touch on this. Herd immunity is misunderstood. And so I want to try to explain it a little bit. It's not a binary choice like everyone seems to want to put everything in right now, which is everyone's safe or everyone's in danger. It's really not that. If you've been immunized, you're safe from COVID, mostly. If you've not been immunized, you're not safe from COVID. The way herd immunity works is that enough people get vaccinated so it stops the ability of the virus to jump from host to host and continue to survive. If enough people can't get the virus and can't pass the virus, the virus won't live. I mean, it's kind of like lice. Like it needs a host to live on. And if there's not a host, it just kind of dies. It doesn't just live on the coffee table, you know, forever. So we're going to talk about a little bit about Biden's plans. The first thing he did, and the reason I brought that up, is that he did the COVID relief plan. So that was kind of A. B is where we are right now, and that is bringing us to the infrastructure part of this show. Everybody gets excited about infrastructure, right? Bridges, highways, tunnels, airports, not so much. It's kind of like getting a new roof or new tires. Really super important, really hard to get excited about it. I mean, you can totally see why it's more exciting to buy things like tanks and missiles or like invest in things like the Space Force. Because, you know, aliens. Nanu, nanu. 
That said, this particular bill has things in it that aren't traditional, like expanded broadband, particularly in areas that are underdeveloped, rural areas, areas of of a lot of economic disparity. And th- a lot of the, the eye on this infrastructure bill is toward building up and, and making up for some of the economic disparity in the country, which is where the Republicans come in and don't like it because it goes well beyond a normal infrastructure bill. Now, let me be clear. Biden really, really wants Republican support of this bill. He wanted it for COVID as well. They didn't give it to him, even though the Democrats did give it to Trump. Republicans did not give it to Biden. So he passed COVID relief with no Republicans. Their argument then as well was that there's stuff in this bill that shouldn't be in it. And so eventually, you know, you're going to have to come to the table with some alternatives or you're just going to become the party of no, which is what they're kind of known as already. And, you know, you can sit around and complain, Republicans, about the things that you don't like, like how you want to replace Obamacare. And yeah, there were a lot of problems with Obamacare. There are a lot of problems with every big system that gets into place. We could talk about No Child Left Behind as well. A lot of these big programs need tweaking. It doesn't mean that the idea is terrible, but we tend to want to throw the baby out with the bathwater every time there's a change in power. And it's, it makes Americans' heads spin. So when Republicans finally got a chance to overturn and replace Obamacare, what did they do? What was their idea? Yeah, nada. They had no plan. They had no ideas. They just wanted to bitch about Obamacare. You can't replace something with nothing. But actually, this Republican Party can, because the goal right now is not legislation and it's not policy and it's not doing things for American people. The goal right now is to regain and retain power. And so they're going to do whatever they can to obstruct this president and this and this Democratic Party because they don't want to give them any victories. And unfortunately, the ones that pay the price in that are the American people. And I'll say again for the record, I don't like big government, but we have to do something at some point about something like we just we keep we keep not doing anything and problems keep getting worse. Whether it's guns, like I talked about last week, or the infrastructure, these problems aren't going to wait forever for us to all, you know, join hands and sing Kumbaya. Okay, so back to this bill. One of the big arguments is how we're going to pay for this $2 trillion. Biden is proposing that we raise the corporate tax from 21% up to 28%. Quick history, it was 28% for a very, very long time. Then somebody, I don't know who, raised it to 35%. And then Trump brought it from 35 down to 21 because he was trying to make sure that companies stop moving their, their businesses around the world to avoid federal taxes. But it didn't work. In fact, worse than not working, there were something like 26 major companies that paid absolutely no taxes at all during the Trump era. Companies like Nike, FedEx, Duke Energy, Dish Network. So when Biden says a police officer and a teacher who jointly make $140,000 are taxed around 22% and Nike pays nothing and FedEx pays nothing, does that seem okay to you? Because he ain't lying. It's a thing. Now, I will also say about Biden, he needs to stop the exaggeration and the hyperbole because it's not like it's an outright lie like Trump used to do. But I feel like Americans need to get back to knowing what the actual facts are. We need to kind of lose some of the apocalyptic language and the my hair's on fire talk. Okay, real quick, let's do a rundown of what a filibuster is versus what cloture vote is, because you're going to hear this a lot in the next coming weeks. A filibuster is the ability of the minority party to slow the roll or stop a vote on legislation. You saw Jimmy Stewart do it in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. He just talked and talked and talked and talked. That's how you delay or stop a vote on a bill. 
In order to go to the vote, you have to have enough people to vote for cloture, which is 60 people to say, okay, we're done talking about this. Let's take a vote. You're going to hear people ask, should we get rid of the filibuster? We should not get rid of the filibuster. The Senate is intended to be the deliberative body. You're supposed to slow the roll. In the United States Senate, you're not supposed to ram things through in 15 minutes. And it's not the place where the majority can just do everything they want and the minority just has to eat a bag of dirt. That's not how it works. Speaking of dirt bags, let's talk about Matt Gates of Florida. This guy stands out as a really bad dude in Florida. Just let that sink in for a minute. Like, step aside, Florida man, hold my beer. So Matt Gates is a congressman with, he, he kind of, he's got sort of a hair helmet and beady eyes and great big teeth. He's kind of the Jonah Ryan of the house for, you know, Jonah Ryan from Veep, if Jonah Ryan was a creepy perv, or I guess I should say creepier and pervier. Anyway, this guy gets elected in 2016. By 2017, he's under investigation by the Justice Department, and that's Trump's Justice Department, so this isn't a partisan thing, for his association with this guy from Seminole County named Joel Greenberg, who was a buddy of his and a former tax collector. Tax collector? Like in the Bible? Like, is that even a thing down there? Is that a job? Anyway, he's currently in jail for charges related to sex trafficking and sex with minors. He supposedly is the guy who supplied the, well entertainment. Basically, he was Gates' pimp and his friend. So he was kind of his pimp friend. Anyway, uh, Greenberg has been arrested. And so he's singing like a bird. And some of what has come up is that Gates has been accused of being with a 17-year-old girl, also known as a child. <coughs> it's disgusting. Anyway, he wrote a book. And last September, he quoted in this book, it was, it, he does not do himself any favors. He talks about the fact that Trump made, the Trump era made it a good time to be a fun-loving politician. He described D.C. distractions, which he said, quote, take two forms, sex and money, getting paid and getting laid, unquote. That's just a little glimpse into this fella's character. Then he went on Tucker Carlson for one of the cringiest interviews I've ever seen when he tried to drag Tucker into it and say, oh, yeah, Tucker, remember that time I introduced you to this woman, blah, blah, blah. And Tucker's like, "Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Awkward. Carlson left the interview sounding confused. You just saw our Matt Gaetz interview. That was one of the weirdest interviews I've ever conducted. And you may not have followed this, but when Liz Cheney voted to impeach Donald Trump because of his insurrection, Gates was one of the guys who stood up and called for her to to, uh, resign from leadership. But not only that, he flew from Florida to her district in Wyoming and held a rally against her in her own home state. She's in his party. You just don't do that. It's not done. You know that old saying, if you go to bed with a dog, you wake up with fleas? Well, this is what happens. I mean, this is what happened to my party when they decided to get in bed with Trump. We should not be surprised that we're going to have a bunch of little MAGA wannabe sexual predators crop up everywhere. People who lie and do whatever they want to do and disregard the law because they think they can get away with it because he's gotten away with it so far. I had lunch yesterday with some dear friends of mine, and I used to work with them in the party. And we were kind of all lamenting the loss of civility and statesmanship and all that in the Republican Party and what has happened, etc., And this friend of mine who's always got little nuggets of wisdom said, you know, the thing is, karma's coming, but she rides a slow horse. Okay, I promised you something to watch out for. You know what else is coming? You know who else is coming? 
the cicadas. I don't know why I love cicadas. It's super weird because I don't like any other bugs. I don't know if I like it that they come out every 17 years and it feels like an event or if it's because they have those little teeny tiny shells and they seem like tiny dinosaurs and you can put those shells like in your friend's hair or maybe on your kid, the back of your kid's sweater just to mess with them a little bit. I don't know. I think it makes me wrongheaded, but the cicadas are coming and I, for one, am happy about it. Another thing I'm happy about today is I'm headed to Dallas this afternoon. For everybody who heard podcast number one, I'm going to check in and see if Benghazi happens to know filibuster. (laughs) See what it did there? Oh, dear. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. I know that your time's valuable and precious, and I appreciate you spending it with me. If you get a chance to subscribe, I'd really be grateful for that, too. One last shout out to Cole Purser and Zoomst for this funkadelic music. I'm a proud mama. There's a full album coming out, and I'll be letting y'all know about it when it's available. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and I'll talk to you next time.